Songs of the summer in the 70s. <laughs> Enjoyed that, guys. Thank you so much. How about a hand for these guys? Aren't they great? <laughs> well, listen, we are just so glad that you guys are with us, and I'm going to continue in our series today, uh, Love Your Neighbor, and we're going to be talking about the heart of serving, and I think we've already kind of set it up with the, um, with the announcements today and, and what God has been encouraging in all of our hearts. And, uh, and so as we continue in this series, there was a question asked 2,000 years ago, and the question that begged an answer was, who is my neighbor? But they didn't ask the question for the right reasons. They asked the question for the wrong reason. They wanted to know not, not who they can love, but who they didn't have to love. They really had the question of who's my neighbor because I want to know who I don't have to love, who I'm not obligated to. And they asked this question... And, and, and it was asked not by the heathen, but by religious people. And, and, and they were wondering, who don't I have to love and who don't I have to serve? And, and, and hopefully in 2019 at City on a Hill Church, we're striving to be inclusive and not exclusive. Not looking at who we don't want to love, but instead recognizing we are to love and serve all the way Jesus came to love and serve all people. And hopefully the, 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 the answer to the question in this fellowship is everybody. I hope that everybody we're supposed to love and everybody we're supposed to serve. And hopefully you and I realize this, and I've said it so many times, sometimes you hear something so much that people know what you're going to say and sometimes they, it just kind of runs away from them. But you will never lock eyes with someone that doesn't matter to God. You just won't. No matter where you are, if they're breathing, God loves them. And if they're breathing and God loves them, He's called you to serve them. And so, so, so we are a city within a city, reaching our city with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ, one life at a time. That's what our mission has been. And so, so we're going to be taking Jesus to the streets, to the neighborhoods, all throughout our city. We found a way to connect we purposely went out and found a way to connect with other churches so that we could be light. So we do that through a citywide revival. But we didn't stop there. It just wasn't the church that we're working with. We're working with the city. And we started working with CareFest. We found a way to be light in the city. We found a way to demonstrate, listen to me, to demonstrate that God is interested in people. To demonstrate that God loves them. You see, you can tell somebody God loves them all the time, but when you show them, now that's, that's, that's life-changing. When you got skin in the game, when, when you're out there and it's hot, you're out there and it's uncomfortable. But that only comes from a heart that follows hard after Jesus. See, Jesus did the hard work. He did the stuff that wasn't easy. He humbled himself in front of his enemies. He knew he had the power to do things, but he chose to reserve that power for a greater purpose. And so as we go out into the streets, we're taking off those outer garments. 
Just like Jesus did when he served his followers. We're taking them off and and we're going to humble ourselves and serve however we can. Some are going to sing to the glory of Jesus and Jesus only. Right in the middle of the street. And, and people are going to make fun, and some people are going to love it, some people are going to hate it, some people, because it's going to irritate the devil. Amen. You start singing praises in the city, and the devil's going to get mad about it. There's going to be phone calls, you need to shut those people up, right? We're going to throw a block party for Jesus, and they ain't going to like it. All they're doing is singing about hope and life and love. Ain't saying about nothing that we care about until we get them to care about it. There's going to be people who are playing instruments. There's going to be people who are greeting and ushering. There are going to be people going door to door in a dangerous world. There are going to be people who are doing setup that you'll never see and tear down. There are people who are going to be doing cleanup. Then, then we move to CareFest. There's going to be people getting dirty doing landscaping and picking up trash. Cleaning up neighborhoods, painting, digging gardens. There are going to be some getting worn out as they pack food and stuff envelopes and clean rooms. Sort building supplies. They'll be humbling themselves to serve Christ in our city. Not because we have to. Listen, the truth of the matter is, we could just... Be a church and just sit here and all be happy in our little world with a little air conditioning and we can do church on Sunday and yay, we all worship and praise. Pastor Mike preaches a message about how God wants you to be blessed and God, he preaches a message about how you're the head and not the tail and he preaches a message about how to be good people, how to be successful, how to make a lot of money. And we could all walk around or we can be the church Jesus wanted. We can be the church that goes, the church that gets dirty. Now, see, I already know we have a good reputation in the city for that. I can't go too many places wearing my shirt without them going, I know that church. We see them here. We see them there. We see them here. We see them there. We've seen them picking up trash on the corner. We see them over. This is the kind of church we don't have to we get to because jesus himself did it look at what happened john chapter 13 jesus knew that the father had put all things everybody say all things under his power and 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 that he had come from god and was returning to god now 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 hear me jesus knew where he was from and where he was going See, if the real heart of a servant, the reason you'll serve is because you'll know where you're from and you'll know where you're going. So when they say, oh, I see you picking up trash. What are you, a trash picker? Trash picker for Jesus. Right? And so, so he knew that, right? And he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. Now, he's known as teacher, rabbi, master, and he begins to wash their feet, drying them with a towel that he had wrapped around him. And he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Oh, no, Lord, you're too good for that. You're too good for that. I can't let you do that. And Jesus replied, do you not realize now what I'm doing? But later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you'll never wash my feet. 
And Jesus answered, unless I wash you your feet, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Even Jesus understood the position of servanthood. Then, 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 then Lord, Simon said, not just my feet, my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, hold up. That's the PMV. Slow down, homie. We're stopping at the feet. You know what I'm saying? You done got carried away. You can find all of that in the PMV. <laughs> Jesus answered, those who have a bath need only to wash their feet, for their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. Ah, we know this, because did you know that Jesus washed the feet of his enemy, Judas? Yeah. We, now, that don't preach good on Sunday, because that means you have to love your enemy. That means you have to serve your enemy. That doesn't work well, especially because you don't know what they did to me. Did they give you a death sentence? Because that's what Judas did to Jesus. Quiet in the house of God. (laughs) He says, listen, do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so. For that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. Look at this. Underline, star, highlight. You should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. May the Lord add his blessing on his word today. So as we look at this, as we see this today, we start to understand that Jesus is leading by example. And if Jesus would serve, why would we not? Why would we think we're just here to, we're just here for the buffet? We're just here for the buffet. Feed me, feed me, feed me, but I ain't got no place that's going out. I'm just blessed to be blessed. I got more than I need. And Jesus is like, yeah, I gave you more than you need so you'd share it with somebody. You see, Jesus separated the difference between knowing and doing. You see, Jesus understood that knowledge is not enough. You know, you can know everything in this book. You can even know the the story of Jesus washing feet. But unless you do it, you're not wise. Because you see, knowledge... Without action is just knowledge. But knowledge with action is wisdom. Amen. Amen. So through this series, we come to understand that your neighbor is everyone and anyone. And we don't have any excuses any longer. If Jesus served, we should serve. And I want you to pray about something. Because you see, if, if, if you get agitated by a message like this, the Holy Spirit's trying to say something to you. 
He is. He's saying there's opportunity. I don't want to do that because I like getting, I like to come and get my food. I like to be blessed to be blessed. Being a blessing is messy. People don't appreciate it. By serving, we show Jesus that we appreciate what he did for us. You're not going to go to heaven because you served. You're going to go to heaven because you were served by Jesus. And now your service is, an, is to follow his example and be a blessing. You see, Jesus was teaching his disciples and he's teaching us that, that serving is the path to blessing. But there's two critical lessons that I don't want you to miss. Two critical lessons that Jesus was teaching. Awareness and timing. Those two lessons are right there. Awareness and timing. He was aware that his disciples needed a real life example of what a servant looked like. Even though he had been serving, 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 he knew they still needed it because there was still fighting among themselves of who was going to be greatest. The same way there is in church. Who's he think he is? Who she thinks she is telling me what to do? Instead of serving. I'm too important to work on the parking team. Clean toilets? <laughs> you must be out of your mind. Awareness. He knew they needed to see what service looked like in action. Humbling himself and washing their feet was a demonstration. That's why we're going to the city with the revival. That's why we're going to the city with CareFest because it requires action. You can go tell people, come to church, come to church, come to church, come to church. Well, when's the church going to go? And timing. Timing was everything. Jesus was prepared to face the cross. He was prepared to face his death, burial, and resurrection, and ultimately his glorification. But he knew he had to shift the disciples' thinking from themselves to others. And sometimes the church of Jesus Christ needs to get our hearts and our minds shifted from ourselves to others. If you're not happy about what's going on in the church, ask yourself why. The truth is you just have too much time on your hands. If I could take this off and drop it, I would. I don't like the way we do it. First off, we ain't doing nothing. I is doing something. And you is sitting there. Quickest, the quickest way out of my office is to be one who does nothing and come in there to critique. The door is right there. And here's what I know about church. You vote with your feet anyway. You vote with your feet anyway. Church people vote with their feet all the time. See, Jesus knew they needed an anchor to come back to. And so he gave them an opportunity. See, the Holy Spirit's here to check us. 
Because you and I, we have to be aware, we have to be self-aware, and we need to realize timing, and the question is not negated, you know, the question of who is my neighbor, it's not, not negated by the way they behave, it's rather the way we behave. I'll tell you what just happened to me, I had a friend of mine, he was on the phone with me, and I'm getting out of the Walmart, and I'm going into the Walmart uh, to buy a few things that we need. Matter of fact, I'm going to buy these boards. And there's a lady who comes up, and she's real distressed. And she says, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir. And I said, yes, ma'am. And I got my, I said, I have my ear, earbuds in. Just wait for just a second. Yes, ma'am. And she said, I've got four kids. I'm from Indiana. I got four kids, and they need to eat. And I said, say no more. If you'll wait right in front of that door, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to pick up some groceries, and I'll come right back out. And I'll serve you. And she's like, okay. And then she walked away, took two more steps. And she goes, oh, but, but, but my daughter needs these diapers right now. And I said, well, it's 10 minutes. It's going to take me 10 minutes to run in there, grab groceries, get the diapers. 10 minutes is not going to be the difference. So as I'm leaving, my buddy says to me, he goes, Michael, what are you doing? He's one of my oldest friends in the world. He says, Michael, what are you doing? I said, well, this lady needs help. He's like, What? I said, this lady needs groceries for her kids. I'm just going to go get her some groceries. Well, be careful. I said, I'm going into Walmart. I know it's dangerous. But it's not Good Friday. And it's not Black Friday. So we're all right. So I go in there and I get these groceries. I'm taking my time. I'm talking to him and I get the stuff that she needs. I come out and she left. Because she didn't really want groceries. But you know what? I'll do it again tomorrow if I need to. See, some people would say, I ain't going to do that again. And that's what my buddy, my buddy's like, Michael, see, you wasted your time. I said, no, I'm just going to take these, this, this food to the church's pantry because somebody must need food. So I just brought the food over. I wasn't going to allow how somebody else behaved to determine how I behave. Church, we can't do that. The reason we've been using excuses is that, oh, well, they did this, or I helped one time, and then they did this. So what what they did? It's not about what they behave. It's about how you and I behave. And I told him, I said, I'll do it again, and I'll do it again. Listen, if there's hungry kids in this city, even if there's a chance that they're hungry, they're eating. And they'll eat all, ain't no problem for me. I I bought her enough groceries to last a week, but there's groceries in there now. So if you need help, holler at your boy. I got you. See, Jesus, he served the disciples. (laughs) I'm just being honest, you know. (laughs) Jesus served his disciples not because of the way they behaved. No, he served them so that they would behave differently toward others. Jesus saved you. Jesus changed you. Jesus touched you. And now he expects you to respond differently to others. He opened the door to realize what love and service looks like. Listen, here's the truth. Christ is the path to blessing in this life. And I don't want you to miss the path to blessing. You see, it's found in both public and private service. Private service prepares the heart for public service. Everything that we do doesn't have to be seen because we only do it for an audience of one. 
Jesus' acts of service to his disciples, it was done privately, but here we are 2,000 years later still talking about it. And it was done in a quiet place, in an upper room. You know why? Because it had an impact. It changed their life. It was a very private act that propelled his people into public ministry. The same way when you get saved, when you give your heart to Jesus, it's a very private affair, but it becomes very public, very evident, very quickly. Some acts we're going to do on September, they may never be seen by anybody but God. We may never even get to see some of the people that we served. But you and I understand the path to blessing. There is a public and private opportunity. And God wants to touch our hearts. But until he touches us privately, there won't be a public demonstration. The second thing I want you to see is it's found in loving and serving inside and outside the house of God. Inside and outside the house of God. Loving and serving. The truth of the matter is, is that if this church is going to grow and reach the potential that God has, and the reason I'm talking about church growth is not so I can tell you how many numbers, because I can't tell you how many numbers we have right now. But I know that there's 65% of the people in this city don't go to church, and I know there's hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands that don't know Jesus. But there ain't no way that we can grow anymore unless we add a service in the future. But we won't add that service until we have people in training to serve. You see, this is the truth. We need a dream team. We need our folks stepping up. We need more folks on the parking team. That's not an easy job. It's hot out there. We need more people on the front line in our, in our first impressions team. We have openings in our media department, our nursery department, our preschool that needs to teach our little ones, our city kids and our youth. We need people who are going to serve inside the church, but we can't neglect outside the church. That's why we're going to do this revival. We're going to go to CareFest. Ask the homeless ministry how blessed they feel, and they're going to say, blessed beyond measure. We need help inside and outside. But one of the greatest places to start is inside because it'll propel you outside. You see, the path, the blessing is found by serving in seemingly insignificant areas that develop our servant's heart. You see, the truth is anybody can set up chairs and pray over them, but not everybody will. Anybody can set up chairs at the revival and pray over them, but not everybody will because that's not important enough. Well, what are they going to sit on if you don't? So you know what the preacher does? The preacher has to set them up too. But the preacher will set them up and then he'll preach to the people in the seats if he's got to. Been done. Jesus chose strategically to wash their feet because it seemed humbling and insignificant, even to the point where Peter said, no. And Jesus said, I have to. And you need to let me if you want to be a part of this kingdom. Because I'm going to ask you to do the same thing.
There's so many opportunities. We needed, we needed a, a, a one or two folks to, in between services, touch up the restrooms, right? You got people wanting to touch up the restroom. You don't see a long line for that. I ain't trying to get up in the restroom. It's stinky. It wouldn't be if you were in there spraying some stuff and making it clean. Can't talk about that in church. But if you don't talk about that in church, you don't see anybody lining up for that, Terry. You know what I'm saying? The Revival, Care Fest, there's tons of jobs that seem insignificant, but all of them are equally important. Every single job on this list is incredible and important, from parking and security to, to evangelism team to the prayer team. We need people to pray for people. That list should already be full, by the way. Don't make me mad. Setup team, teardown team, hospitality team, first impressions, cleanup, sound and media. It should all be full. I didn't come to church to be felt all guilty today, Pastor Mike. You came to church because God invited you and evidently he has something to say through me. Because I didn't show up to play the radio. And they wonder why there's empty seats sometimes, Paul. He calls us to give ourselves away. And the way we demonstrate our love for Jesus, the way we demonstrate our love for Him is our constant acts of service. You see, that's the heart. You see, the path of blessing is found by serving God and others, which is the example Christ modeled for us. That's where the path of blessing is. It's found in those arenas. It's found in those opportunities, simply serving other people. God calls us to live a life of sacrifice. So you know what I put on here for you? I put a question, how's your heart to serve? And I want you just to pray about that and think about that. How's your heart? How is your heart to serve? And I just encourage you today to pray about that and think about that. And listen, if you're mad, I love you. Do you... Paul, I would just like to preach a message that everybody leaves and says, that was a great message, Pastor Mike. Didn't get anything out of it, but hallelujah. I'm going to throw a little something extra in the plate. You know what I'm saying? I like to do that. I like to preach that message where everybody, whoo, yes. And I say, what did I preach? I don't know, but Hallelujah. But God won't let me do that, Miss Yvonne. Miss Ethel, God won't let me do that. I got to preach messages like this to tell people to get up off your feet and get out. And it ain't easy. Because then I go home on Sunday and I pay the price. Did you really say that? Ain't nobody going to be there next week. Uh, Thank you, Andre. All right, and Ron, all right, we've got a couple. Well, there's going to be three of us in the house. But I'm being honest. I'm being, I'm being really transparent. I'm just being honest with you. It's not easy to preach this. I would love to preach those other things. 
But the truth, that's not what you need. It's not what I need. Following Jesus is not easy. And anybody who told you, they lied. Doing the right thing is not easy. But there's peace that comes with it. So the heart of serving God and others, here it is right here. Here's the final countdown right here. I know everybody's scared because there's four points and eight minutes left, but you're good. You're good. You can sit through a movie, sit through this. A heart of serving God is willing to get involved. Just willing to get involved, man. Willing to get involved. Jesus got involved. Jesus humbled himself to death on a cross. Jesus got involved because you and I were hopeless and helpless. And if somebody didn't save us, if somebody didn't die for us, if somebody didn't sacrifice for us, then we were lost. So he got involved. Are you willing to get involved? Are you willing to love and serve Jesus at all costs? When? Where? How? Oh, when I get right? Well, you're going to get left. You know what I'm saying? We'll be over there doing stuff. When I get right, I'm going to be there. No, you ain't. You done got left. Thank God he uses broken things. Amen. Can you testify? Can you testify? There's still room, by the way. There's still room. Care Fest. There's still room to lead small groups. There's still room on every ministry team. There ain't no excuses. Second thing. A heart for serving God sees people through the eyes of Christ. Through the eyes of Jesus. Jesus saw his disciples with love. He saw them to be world changers. How do you see the people in this church? How do you see the people in this city? More importantly, how do you see yourself? Are you a world changer? You got to decide that you are. And maybe Jesus today is washing your feet. And you said, no, 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 no. And he said, unless I do this, you can't have a part. The third thing, a heart of serving God and others reaches out to lift people up. Our job is to lift people up. Jesus lifted his disciples up through this act of, of love, this demonstration. They couldn't believe it. He, he lifted them up and gave them an example of what it meant to be a servant. I don't know about you, when Jesus found me, I couldn't get any lower. And he lifted me up. Used to be a song that said, love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. A heart of serving God and others means recognizing making a difference sometimes get messy. Sometimes it gets messy. I ain't going to lie to you and say there ain't going to be some people who give us some trouble at the revival. I remember one story. And I'm not going to say the lady's name, but we were in waterproof Louisiana and we were cleaning up. I mean, we visited every home in that city. We preached the good news. And this lady was out there and she was cleaning and man, she was doing her best. And all of a sudden something hit her in the head. It was an 
one of them red bologna wrappers. You know, you pull the red bologna, you know. There was a lady, she was cleaning her yard. The lady was in a wheelchair. Lady was out there eating bologna and flinging it into the true story. Hit her right in her head. She looked at the lady and said, did you hit me with this bologna wrapper? And the lady said, yep. She said, Pastor, I had to hold my tongue. I just put it in the trash. And... True story. It gets messy. Trust me, washing 12 dudes' dirty, stinky feet, it was messy. Jesus changed lives and made a huge difference. Serving Jesus at Koa gets messy. Not everybody appreciates your service. People get mad, especially in church. They say ugly things to you. I ain't going to do it no more. I'm glad Jesus didn't quit. Lord knows if I, if I had a dollar for everything that's been said nasty about me, please. Emails, texts, messages. Still love you. Still love you. I'm going to keep loving you. That just means I'm doing my job. That's all. It gets physically messy, spiritually messy, emotionally messy. Why? Because people are messy. Why? Because there's a person in the room that's messy, and if you had a mirror, I want you to hold it up. You're messy. But Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. But I want you to see the result. Philippians 2.9, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. What an example, what a savior. Jesus loved us and served us first. Jesus forgives, Jesus heals, Jesus saves. But before we can truly experience, he must do the work in us. And you've got to humble yourself and admit that you are in need of a Savior. And when He comes to wash away your sin, you need to allow Him to wash away your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then you take a hold of life that is true life. And then the example of what that is, is you start being a little Christ, which is known as a Christian. You start walking around and doing the things that Jesus did. But until He does the work on the inside privately no one will see it publicly so now's your chance this is your opportunity if you want to come into the kingdom of God it ain't easy if you want to serve Jesus it ain't easy if you want to love Jesus it ain't easy and this just in you're not going to be perfect but you're going to be perfected but if you want to come with us on a journey of following Jesus as a thank you note then I want to invite you on that journey but it first starts with a face-to-face -face with Jesus saying, clean me, Lord. Clean me. Because until Jesus cleans you, we will have no place in his kingdom. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. God, there are people here today that need you more than their next breath. And some of them are just coming to that realization today. And I pray you would speak to their hearts and lives. And God, then there are some others today that this message has sounded harsh to them. And God, I pray that you would ask them to reflect. Holy Spirit, ask them, why? Why did this sound the way it sounded? Why did I hear it the way I heard it? And I pray, God, that you would speak to their hearts on the matter. And God, I pray that you would allow us the privilege of serving you in this church
in our homes, in our neighborhoods. God, for CareFest, we want to be an army of compassion for the revival, God, to preach the good news 42 different times. We're praying for a harvest of souls like we've never seen before. But God, it won't happen if you don't call your labors because the fields are ripe to harvest, but the labors are few, God. Speak, Lord, speak. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Mike, I need Jesus more than my next breath, man. I can't, I can't take another step, another moment, another second without him. I need him. If that's you, will you just slip your hand up high in the air, right where you're at. Humble yourself before God. Yes. Yes. Humble yourself before God. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, may place your hands down. Everyone within the sound of my voice, we're just going to pray this prayer. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I can't take another step without you. Jesus, I love you. And Jesus, I give you my everything. Wash me clean. I want a place in your kingdom. I know I don't deserve it, but because of what you did, I do. You said I was worthy. You said I was worth dying for. And I choose to believe what you say about me. Not what I say or others say, but what you say about me. And God, if you do this for me, I'm going to go and show others the way. Not because it earns my place in heaven. No, Jesus. But because I want you to know how much I love you and I appreciate you. And I want you to know how much you mean to me. And I want others to have this feeling that I have right now. And I know that you chose me to be the deliverer of that message. It's in Christ's name I pray. And the church of Jesus Christ said, Amen. Now give the Lord your best praise on a Sunday morning.